Everybody. Hi. Hi. We are the bitchy witchies minus one bitchy witchy freaking bitch. No, we love you, Brandy. <laughs> Sorry. Hopefully uh, she'll pop up. Yes. We have a special guest for our episode today, which we will tell you about shortly. But we have Miss Charisma from Across the Pond, my British Reflection. Hi. Hi. So first I need to explain why I call her my British reflection. Because she's Bella um, English style. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So she has a lot of the same attitudes and um, ideas and reflections. There you go. So we don't do well with idiots. That's, that's <laughs> yeah. So, so today um, our topic is going to be on Spoonie, which is and which is with disabilities. And I actually think it's kind of appropriate how it played out because um, we actually were planning on having two guests, and one couldn't make it. And again, it just that's going to play into what we say. Uh, as we go, because uh, as I briefly mentioned in our last episode, uh, sometimes it's, it's not, this is for a lack of better words, but it kind of renders you a little unreliable. Um, Hence why there's been numerous episodes like this where I'm the one that is just MIA. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so, so that's what we're going to talk about today is uh, how that affects us, how we work around it, how we work through it. Um, and just how we do our workings while being afflicted by that, I guess. You had a ton of notes as well. That's what, that's that's a sad thing. Is the other guest had a ton of notes that she made? On oh no! What it like so, yeah. <clears throat> I wonder if I should like <clears throat> send me your notes. <laughs> <laughs> by the way, um, I'm gonna preemptively strike because Hestia may say something if she's watching the screen. Um, so I drink a smoothie a lot. and It's um, called a smoothish. She doesn't drink smoothies. She drinks lumpy things called smoothishes. 
I have, so I use whole fruit in and all. So sometimes the skin doesn't completely, you know, liquefy. So yes, I, I chew on it sometimes. So if you see me drink and chew, that's what it's about. Just don't want If you hear me gag, that's what it's about. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. So shall we start with um, Charisma? You want to tell us a little bit just about yourself and um, and about your Spoony lifestyle? Um, yeah. So I have been ill for a whole year longer than I've been a witch. And I've been a witch for over 20 years. Uh-huh. So um, I... I've probably got that actually the wrong way around because I have brain fog, which is one of the biggest things part of my uh, being a spoonie for me is brain fog. Um, so I got I started being a witch when I was about nine. I literally just I don't know there was just something something, and I just ran with it. Literally ran with it. Found books in the library. Um, like my dad had let me use his adult library card because obviously I was still at like with a kid's library card and I was just able to get all these books and I literally devoured them. Um, And he fed into that within reason because he and my granddad were very into nature. So like a lot of the workings I do around like gardening and getting out and about and just being very nature-based without being like pagan. Um, That's really awesome that he supported you. It's very yeah, awesome. yeah. He supported you. I was, and like, um, and then I got sick when I was like, when I was 10. Um, it was like over a, a long period of time. I didn't get diagnosed with ulcerative colitis till I was 12. Um, and like, one of the joys of being off school, because I, I really liked school, I was definitely a nerd, um, mm-hmm. was my mum had loads of like tarot books and palmistry books and it was like yes get in my head like so um (laughs) I've been doing that on and off since I was 10 um I did have a period of time where I didn't really do anything because life was just too busy and I think when life gets busy anyway and then you're ill it's it can get a bit like overwhelming um so I've got like um, ulcerative colitis, which I've had my large bowel removed and half of my small bowel removed, and now I have um, an ileostomy. So um, I've had that for about four and a half years, and I need more surgery again soon. Okay. I've got fibromyalgia, um, hypermobile elodemos, so my joints like to dislocate a bit. Um, oh, wow. And then... I can see Max behind you. I've locked yes. Toby outside. He's not allowed in. Um, he'll knock the phone over. And I've got POTS, which is... Um, it's a load of words. Basically, I get really low blood pressure. When I stand up and my heart rate goes... I go tachycardic and, like, I can pass out. Um, but... And I'm always knackered. But it gives me plenty of time to read. I like reading, and I like the fact that I have access to Bella's library. Yes. <laughs> and I'm always adding to it. Yes. Um, Isn't that the library that's available in 101? Yes. 
and on all of them, isn't it? Like it's there's Some a few of, yeah. that you allowed Some, it on. Yeah. I think I started raging it back when I joined Cottage before I left Cottage. Good, because yeah, I add to it constantly. In fact, I just added something to it last night. That's really cool. Yes. I like the fact that you can sometimes get it so you can put it on your Kindle. So it means when I'm at work, I can keep reading. Yeah. And even if I get it um, on hard copy, I'm st- I still keep it, you know, in the PDF library. Because it's like, Kestia doesn't like to do this, but I do. You know, what I, if I'm looking for something, even if I have the book, hard copy I'll search for it online because I like the search function because like sometimes I grab the book and I'm like where's the search function and there's not the book. <laughs> so I go online and I just find things easier that way. also like- before we keep going into each one of our individual stories maybe miss medical professional Bella here could just give us an overarching definition of what it is to be a spoonie well i don't think that i would give that definition because honestly the that's not a medical term Mm -hmm. um i think um basically if we are talking about just a disability in general it it literally is just kind of what charisma described is somebody who has either some sort of physical or mental disability where they are just not able to um, fully function uh, in everyday life and so therefore has to learn how to compensate so that um, so that they can uh, fully function um, as productively and happily as possible and also as healthily as possible. I mean, the term spoonie comes from some some lass just decided to come up with it. Basically, you have a certain amount of spoons for the day. So I think of them actually as action points because I'm a gamer, so I think that works better. Mm-hmm. So you've got a certain amount of action points for the day and certain things take up like a set amount. So like, I don't know, showering can like take three or making yourself actually something good to eat and exercising they can take up so many and then like you've run out generally by the time by lunchtime you've run out like you're you've spent you're knackered and you you've used all your spoons up so spoonie is just basically a nickname for that and another thing is too not every day do you wake up with the same amount of spoons. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sometimes you wake up and you got like a thousand. You're ready to go and you can do so much. And then other days you wake up and you don't have any. I have literally woken up spoonless and been like, fuck this and went back to sleep. And I wish I could do that. I've got, I've got cake. <laughs> well, yeah. Again, that, I'm, I'm really, too. I'm really fortunate that I don't, I don't have kids. So, um, and, and in fact, the reason I don't have kids is part of my afflictions that lead me to being a spoonie. But um, but it, the majority of my issues are mental. Um, I have depression and bipolar, OCD, actual OCD, not that shit that people say because they like their fucking soap to not have hair on it. Um, my, my husband's got 
proper OCD. It's terrifying. Like it is nothing like what people think it is. I don't like when people are like, oh, I like even numbers. I have OCD. Ha ha. Like you don't understand how bad this is. Bella has had to deal with me calling her or not calling, but texting her or something just like my marriage is going to end because of some stupid menial shit that doesn't matter. Uh, because that's what OCD really is. It, it's an irrational fear that terrible things are going to happen over what seems to be nothing um, more so than you liking to eat your chicken nuggets and even numbers like that's come on. <laughs> um, granted that could be a trigger, but that's not what makes that, but I digress. Right. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, I guess I forgot where I was going with that. Um. <laughs> yeah, I always forget about the mental stuff because I mean, I've got anxiety and depression. I'm quite badly suffering with depression at the moment. Um, and then I've got like borderline personality disorder. So like I'm certified crazy yes me too <laughs> like um and it's hard people forget how exhausting the mental side of stuff is like yes you know, get it. it's like anybody even if they have mild depression they'll still kick their asses some days more than others <coughs> i don't have <coughs> being able to just go oh, fuck this and go back to bed I don't have that like and so many days I'm like oh, I want that I want to be able to just go back to bed but I've got the school run I've got work granted I have a very easy but lovely job um but like I spend half but spend the rest of my day sat on my ass because I just can't physically do anything and then that affects my husband's OCD because he's very much, he likes things tidy, but it's more a tidy because it helps keep his mind calm, if yes, that makes right. sense. Um, and like, he literally married the scruffiest bitch in the world. <laughs> um, like, but actually, I do want to say though, Essie, I think you're downplaying a little bit because, um, you know, like charisma, um, I've known Hestia to have both psychological and physical issues. And I'm not, obviously, I'm, I'm not going to say what those are. I mean, that's, that's up to you, whether or not you want to say that. But I mean, you know, you, ha you, you also deal with both. Yeah, I do. Um, I just find my mental illnesses to be the predominant factor in my spooniness. Gotcha. Um, I also, I have PCOS and I have pretty severe symptoms from it. Um, ew, including apparently about to make me cry. See, this is, the, this is why I say my mental illness is forefront. Um, a lot of things trigger it, like everything triggers it. Uh, um, and in fact, I'm not gonna lie, had I not had this meeting to do today, I would probably still be laying in bed. Today is one of those days where um, just don't have a lot to give and uh another thing too is uh i'm gonna kind of transition into how we deal with it because obviously you can't just live life in bed and forget all your responsibilities you know charisma has kids i have a husband i have um work that i have to do so um not gonna lie Every time you guys hear me recording on here, I am in bed 
that's kind of my workaround. It's like when we were first doing this, I got my desk and I had all kinds of this set up and I'm like, okay, I'm going to be professional. I'm going to go sit at this desk every Sunday and record this podcast professionally on, on this professional setup. Um, I did that twice. <laughs> and ever since uh, I record in bed now, because I know that this is a responsibility and something that I signed up for. I signed contracts like this is some legal shit. I can't just leave them hanging. Uh, not to mention, I just love them so much. I, I would feel like shit. And even on the slacking that I already still do, um, I do. It makes me feel like shit, but I have to work through it. And um, one of my ways to make sure that I'm at least... 90% reliable. Uh, I keep my laptop by my bed and I do it from bed because then there's no excuse. It's like you can still lay there and be a lump on a log and do this. Uh, so that's kind of my workaround for that. So charisma, how do you just do it anyway when you have like half of a bent spoon to give <laughs> and your kids are like, mom, I'm hungry. I got to go to school. <laughs> how do you um, do that? Well, I find mornings are the worst. I really struggle with getting out of bed. Um, that's when, like, I'm not sleeping at the moment. Um, and I don't know why, because it's kind of come out all of a sudden the last, like, three weeks. Um, but, like, I'll have my, my, my son still has his stairgate because he's three and he's a little sod. And he will, he, he doesn't like using the banister going down the stairs. So he'll just, like, bang on the stairgate and go, mommy morning and I'm like oh. like my daughter she's seven so she gets up she gets herself dressed she goes downstairs she makes herself breakfast um I'm quite lucky that she'll make her brother breakfast and then it's just a case of making sure that everyone's got their shit I grab the dog I take them to school they're like my daughter's school is five minutes away my son's nursery is like seven minutes away so as long as they're in by nine, I'm all right. Um, because um, our school is like nine till three, which um, I can't remember who it was I was talking to, but everyone else like in America was like, oh my God, how short are your days, blah, blah, blah. Cause like, um, it must yeah, have been like- totally yeah. jealous. Yeah. Our, yeah, our days <laughs> are like- I've been out of school for literally decades and I'm still jealous. <laughs> and then we get an hour for lunch as well it's not so we're even only there for like five hours and we get like two two breaks and wait a minute hold right? on because when <laughs> I was in school <laughs> crack um, acid on yeah no well elementary school was eight to three but then once I got to middle school and high school I would be there at 7 a.m and I wouldn't leave till almost four Oh yeah, no, we don't do that shit. And we had minute lunch. 30 minute lunches. Yeah. 30 minute lunches, no breaks. Oh yeah, no, no, no. Even even when I got to like um I don't know what the equivalent is for you guys, but like when I was sixteen, even through yeah, like for fourteen to sixteen, that's like I'd like uh first set of exams and we'd literally rock up at nine have a break at like 10 for like 20 minutes and then lunch would be like 12 to one and then we'd have another then maybe have another break and 
but the the next break was literally to get you to the across campus and then we'd finish at like 10 past three yeah when I was in high school they gave us five minutes between classes and that was the amount of time you had to go to the bathroom do whatever you had to do and get to your class on time they did not matter how large your school was either yeah and I had a huge high school we had elevators and stuff and we'd be like sprinting we looked like people trying to make it to their airplane gate on time (laughs) like it was horrible I hated it I'm I'm moving before I have kids. <laughs> this is not fair how they do us here. <laughs> well, I'm past that. So I'm just going to say that when I reincarnate and come back, I'm like, put me in England. Yeah. Yes, I'm picking England <laughs> next time. <laughs> I always told, sounds perfect. So I'm quite lucky. Like I work two and a half hours a day, but it's split over. So they're like, I'll drop the kids off at school, um, take the dog home and then the lady I look after is, she's, I've timed it. She's a three minute walk from my house. And, um, which never explains why I'm late. Like, I'm always late. <laughs> I late. Like, I physically hate being Me late. Me too. When people, yeah, I'm always late and I don't understand how I do it. Um, so like, I'll, I'll be with her for an hour and then I'll go home and then I'll try and do something productive doesn't generally work I'm generally on the xbox and then yeah. oh my I'll, god I'll, I do the same thing like when I should be doing something productive I'm playing the sims every single oh, time I, and I, I hate it because I, I literally I my life just gets absorbed by that yeah so then I gotta go and then I'll go pick up Jacob at 12 and then I'll go back to work and then I'll come home and then I get like I don't know and I'll start his dinner out which at the moment he's really into chocolate toast, so that's like the easiest lunch ever. <laughs> and by this point, I'm starting to pick up some speed. I'm starting to like not feel so knackered. And then I'll go pick up my daughter and then come home and then I go back out and then I've got to make them tea. And then, and like we all eat something different. My kids eat the same thing, but like my husband and I eat something entirely different to the kids and we, and generally entirely different to each other. Because my diet um, has to be like micromanaged sometimes. His doesn't, but he just eats for four people. So like I'll just chuck a lot of pasta in and it's fine. And then I go back out to work for seven and then I come home and do nothing because by this, I'll go for a run and then I'll go back out to work for 10 and then I'll come home and go to bed. So like I literally don't stop until 11 o'clock at night. Wow. And I just don't know how I do it. And like, I try and write blog posts because I, I write for medical companies, I write for myself. And then, like, obviously, um, I write in our communities. And I'm just like, how, how do I? F- I've had to just cut back and I haven't really done anything for the last few weeks because I'm just dead. My brain's just gone. Um, I have a question on that. Do you ever feel like it's when you're being. Uh, productive and when you're getting a lot done for an extended period of time I know for me personally I kind of feel like after a while it kind of goes on autopilot until I crash and burn so it's like okay I'll I'll have good momentum it'll go and it'll go and then it'll go and then I'll start being like wait how am I still doing this how am I still doing this and then all of a sudden I do nothing and I'm like oh shit (laughs) 
<laughs> so uh, I think maybe I need to learn how to pace myself better instead of going hard for like two weeks and then not being able to do anything for like a month. Um, do you do you ever think it's like that where it's like I'm just on a roll I'm on autopilot I'm just gonna roll with it yeah um I mean at the moment my I'm trying to do a lot of health related stuff so um because obviously I've got the prospect of more surgery so I'm running more I'm doing stupid workouts on the morning and things like that so like yeah uh Friday I did I ran for six miles. I did like 10K. And then yesterday I did a stupid 15 minute workout and then went and did an eight mile hike. And today I'm just like, I can't move. Why did I do all that in such a short space of time when I didn't have to do any of that? Like, um, cause all, all my other stuff, I just do on autopilot. Like I'm very lucky to have quite a supportive husband. So if I can't physically move or I'm really tired, he'll feed the kids. He's really hands-on, which is helpful. Um, and obviously he really likes great. he likes the house to be tidy. <laughs> so that's one thing I don't have to think about. <laughs> so I have a question for both of you. So when it comes to your magical practice, um, we know that... Uh, energies are involved in several shapes and forms in your practice and so since the amount of energy that you guys have you know to do on a daily basis <clears throat> varies how do you how do you handle that in your magical workings i have to plan like i sit there and i have to plan when i've got time and try not to do anything um for a few days before and like I've got to really I don't know I've just got to just plan plan everything like plan everything to the minutest little bit it's like which takes up a lot of energy as it is right but it's also energy that I put back into it if that makes sense yeah but like I haven't been able to do anything for a few weeks um I haven't done tarot readings anything at all because I've just my energy's been gone and I'd rather not touch my stuff and like pass on just negative energy to it. Like just all the, ugh, can't be asked stuff. Yeah, it's a good point. Um, you, for me, I usually, again, I, I laughed when she said it because I am a big planner too. Um, you can ask Bella every time we've ever done anything or anytime she's known of me doing anything, it's always very time sensitive. Um, and then- He makes flow charts. Just saying. I, Why not? Yeah, yeah <laughs> I, you know, <laughs> it's, it's efficient. <laughs> what can you do? Um, I like spider diagrams. There you go. <laughs> so, um, I think one of the things that I do the most that really helps me um, is I do pace myself. I don't, um, I don't do any heavy workings unless I really need to. And again, I plan them out and I draw energy from other things. I use audio sigils instead of video because I can draw in 
from the vibrations of the sound. Same with using music or uh, background noises. I work very closely with um, tarot energies. So a lot of times I can just amplify whatever little energy I have. Um, learning how to amplify whatever you have has been absolutely key to me because there's times where it's like, shit, I need to do this. And I only have this little teeny tiny spark, but if you know what you're doing, you can blow that spark into a huge flame. Um, but it, it, it really did take a little bit of time because uh, something had happened somewhat recently because you know everybody knows I've only been doing this for going on two years. So my actual active workings has been less than a year <laughs> and uh, I kind of got thrown into like bigger stuff <laughs> pretty rapidly just because that's how it played out and uh, I had to I found out real quick that if I um, if I didn't amplify if I didn't pace myself if I didn't do it carefully uh, I was going to be asleep for the next three days found that out the hard way so um yeah, I, I guess I, my suggestion for others would be to learn how to take something little and amplify it. Amplification is probably the best thing I've learned so far because uh, there was a couple times where I was like, damn, I don't know if that was enough. Like, I don't know if I put enough into it and I didn't like that feeling. Hmm. I remember that too. I, re I remember... Uh when we first started talking, uh, you, me, and, and Brandy, um, I remember that you would be out of commission for a couple of days after some work. Yeah, I did. I was, yeah, especially the next day, like people wouldn't even hear from me. I would just be asleep. Um, so yeah, I, I think that's like the one thing that really gets me through the workings is being able to amplify because sometimes I just don't have a, a lot to give. So, um, I take from other places. See, I stall energy. Wait, hold on. Let me see if I can do this. So, can Love you see it. my brain? Yeah. yeah. Right? So, that, that stalls my energy. I have, like, um, candle for, obviously, flame, fire. Got earth. I don't have any, like, water on there sometimes I have like some incense and I use that like a lot like, I use candles yeah. heavily the fire yeah <laughs> I work with like, fire and wind a lot because it's so you know it's it's like the hard fast rapid energy and I don't have it so that's that's always what I go to first I love it like where we are because we're on the we're like on the cusp of the moors we get a lot of wind like like not like American wind with all your hurricanes and stuff, but we we get some like pretty American. Heavy wind. Yeah. I've never heard that. <laughs> yeah, well, it's like we don't get. You do realize you do it. realize now. Okay, I live in Detroit and we get windstorms. You know, the next time I get one, I'm gonna turn to Danny and be like, "This fucking American wind, man." Yeah, I don't should. know. <laughs> you should. But like, so I like drawing like stuff like that and. I think when I first started talking to Bella, I think I posted one about a storm. We haven't had a storm in like forever. And we had this really, like, it was a pretty all right storm for what I've seen in the last like couple of years. But I like drawing from stuff like that. 
Um, yes. When I was a teenager, my best friend and I, we would um, like astral project and use a lot of like weather and stuff. Um, because she would she would try and like lend me a lot of energy. I was quite lucky. I had um, I'm still really good friends with them now. Two or three other friends, and we all used to like have our own little coven sort of thing. You know, not like, <laughs> you know, you know, it's really funny that you say that because once I started working more um, kind of as a team with Bella and Brandy, yeah, my energy, uh, the energy I expelled and, and stuff like that wasn't as draining. Like I felt fine. There's actually been times where I did workings like multiple days in a row and was fine. Yeah. Or like I can't really use one of my friends like Freya. She's she's in Australia now, so that's a bit far away. Personally, yeah, well, that's okay though, because I mean, we're we're not close, and you know we yeah we're all three in different states. We're all three in different states. Yeah, we're still are... on the same continent. Yeah. Oh my gosh! Like it's not like the energies have to catch an international flight. <laughs> <laughs> Like they're running late. They're running late. They had a transfer. So (laughs) think about it though. Think about, I mean, just think about trying it. You guys should try it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I suppose it makes sense because like Liz and I send a lot of energy to each other. Like we've got quite a good connection. We like, she, she knows when, I'm down or angry, I'll get a text and I'm like, are you okay? I'm like, yeah. Or like, I'll text her and she's like, I'm over it. You know, it's just typical, <laughs> I'm over it. Um, but like, and I've never met her ever, like, but I've tapped into her energies and like, she's my Spoonie Witch BFF, you know, like, it's quite and it's nice to have friends that are in similar situations especially within like magical circles not literally like the circle but um like it's just nice and like on instagram there's a whole hashtag where like other witches talk about how they use like do how they cope and stuff which is quite interesting my dog is trying to break through the door sorry i have another question for you guys Uh, or more more like seeking your opinion so you know i've i think you guys both know um you know i stayed away from socializing for years um, when, it, you know, I was very, very solitary. I mean, I still am solitary, but I mean, now I have people that I can talk to about it. Um, and so one of the things that I did not realize until I started actually talking, talking to people is that um, there seems to be a lot of spoony witches. There's something about witchcraft that attracts the spoony culture. And what are your thoughts on that? I mean, do you think there's a, a reason to that? I mean, I have a, a, a vision of why, but... I think for a lot of people, it's probably because you've got so much freaking time on your hands and you can just sit on your phone or read a book and you can... And then just things, like, make sense, like tapping into energies and 
like just stuff just makes sense like and like Liz and I do tarot from our bed just like bush you know and and you like ask it a question like and you don't have to do anything you don't have to leave your bed but then you've got other people other spoonies who literally um cash in on it they're totally like it's not just they want to help people with what they've got like their talents and stuff they just want to cash in on it and that's been something I've experienced massively this year as of you um because you should know who I'm talking about but um I I tend to find that a lot of the older spoonie witches are like oh well I've got time on my hands now I'm gonna do this this is gonna make me feel so much better or cooler or it's going to try and make me feel well and it's like I'm sorry but it's not going to it's not like waving a magic wand and you're better Right. Otherwise, I'd have been better a long time ago. What do you think, Estia? Um, I know I can't really speak on what I think for other people, but for me personally, it was a way to get shit done that I couldn't do physically. I couldn't get up and do some of the stuff that I needed to get done. Um, I couldn't get up and get a regular job. I, you know, because like Bella said, I do have physical ailments too. Um, I just don't really talk about them too much. They are still a very sensitive subject. They're uh, relatively newer to my life. Um, like one of them I found out in a really fucked up way about five years ago, maybe six years ago. And, uh, it's pretty much been a downward spiral. That's kind of like fucking my life up and how I feel about myself. So I just don't really go into it too much, but it's, it's been a huge hindrance. And there was just, it got to the point where I was like, fuck, I had to come to the realization that I will never have a regular nine to five again. I can't go out and function in the world like normal people. And I felt helpless. Um, But you're not just cashing in on it. You're using your talents. Like, um, like I I know bits about astrology. Like, we've spoken about stuff. But don't know like you do. You know, you're using your talents. You're not just cashing in and being like, oh, I'm I'm a spoonie. I've got nothing. I can't do this. I can't do that. I'm going to just do this because people will buy my shit. Yeah, no. Yeah. Um, and, and here's the thing too. Like I always had this weird thing about charging for it and what should I charge? And is it going to be seen as tacky that I'm charging for it? And um, it's like, you know, I, I got to look at it from a perspective of um, this does take my time. It takes my energy. I customize everything. Um, I work with the person really closely and, the turnaround is really good and I don't overcharge. That's another thing too. It, it, I can always tell when somebody's just in it for the money because they'll be selling something and the prices will be so inflated that I'm just like, you don't care. And they mm-hmm. sell, and they sell it in, in mass and bulk. Yeah, One thing that I, I noticed about Hestia is that um, what she does put a price on, the amount of time and energy that she puts into it, um, you're getting a deal you're getting a hell of a deal. Like I knit goddesses, but I've, and I've like sent them to people in the post and I've not, I'm not charged anything. Like I literally um, got some, some, some of my friends just came into my head and like, so um, Artemis went to my friend Jane, uh, Claduna is going to my friend Rachel. Um, this lady that was stitching, uh, she was embroidering um, a topless top half, like, photo of me a thing of me for like my altar but it's um for body positivity like brandy saw it because i sent her the image and she was like oh my god it's you 
but like she she's getting one but she's getting like Demeter like and it's kind of like an intuition thing like my my um adopted sister she's getting um Morrigan actually she's she's very much a, like you you'd love her um but I don't charge for them because the the, the person's literally coming to my head with like the dating is like I don't know what the fuck to charge that like it takes me a week to make them as well but when people pop into my head I don't see the point it's like it's meant to be sort of yeah yeah, yeah. and there's there well, are things that I will not charge for like I've done I've done things that I didn't charge for um I have sold products and then thrown things in for free like I you know I feel like there is a certain aspect to this lifestyle that makes it to where you don't really want to charge. But realistically, I'm an adult. I have bills to pay and this is my, this is my lifestyle. So why not make them all cohesive? Um, But also I don't, I don't pander. I don't constantly, I'm not constantly pushing sales. Like if I just tell people, like if basically my business structure has been so far oh, hey, you're my friend. Let me give you some stuff for free. If you like it, tell people about it. I don't, I I don't do paid ads. I don't, you don't hear me talk about it on the podcast. Um, I don't push it is my thing. It's like, if you come to me, you come to me. Um, I've got a little doll from Dahlia um, and she literally just charged me um, the postage because the postage was literally the same as the doll. And she was just like, just leave a review, share yeah. my pain. Um, and like, she knows where my energy's off as well. Like she's constantly like, there's something wrong? What's going on? She's like always sending me a message and just checking in. And, and like, I think like you say, you, you get a rapport with people and like your customers or your friends. And yes, you know? yes. I think, and I think that kind of plays into this whole ethics thing too. It's like, are you connecting with these people or are they only customers to you? Because the people that come to me, come to me repetitively. I have like, I only have like maybe somewhere between three and five customers since I've began, but they come to me all the time. I talk to them almost daily. Um, so it's not, that's another thing too. And, and it kind of all plays into this ethics conversation of it. Um, I also don't force my stuff on people outside of this lifestyle. Cause I feel like that's taking advantage of people who don't understand it. I sell cheat sheets. I don't sell, um, I don't sell actual natal charts. What it is, is it's a cheat sheet for people who are already studying it. You have to, when you get my cheat sheets, it just tells you basically what you need to know without the messiness of the actual chart that you don't know how to read yet Mm -hmm. Uh, because that's how it started is when I was first studying astrology I was like this is mad confusing let me make a cheat sheet so I can like just know what sign is where and in what house that's all it was at first it was just a blank piece of paper with a sign a placement and a house and I was like um as I was studying it, the people that I was studying with were like, oh, make me one too. Cause we were all going through the same workbook. Um, so there's like, just make me one too, so I can do this. And, and it just got to the point where I was like, okay, this is taking up a lot of my time. Can y'all just throw me five bucks or something? Cause you know, I got to take hours out of my day to do this now. So, um, and that's just kind of how it started. Um, but I don't target people outside of this community because I feel like that's preying on people that don't understand it. Um, and I also feel like it's harder to take advantage of people in this lifestyle because they're doing the studying, they're doing the work. And 
I feel like if those people are supporting what I'm doing, then I feel like I'm doing something right. That's a really yeah, good totally. point. A lot of like my friends that aren't into this sort of stuff, um, like one of my, I'd say like she's probably one of my closest friends. She, um, she's terrified of tarot, like the whole idea of it. She it freaks her out. Wow. Her mother-in-law's like that. She she wouldn't like she doesn't care that I'm into all this sort of stuff. Like I've drip fed it to her. Like enormously. <laughs> this is me, who cares? But like I have drip fed it to her. Um because I'm actually I'm friends with her through her husband. Um, because we used to work together like fifteen years ago. And um I was like, I'll, I'd, I'd love to. I was like, I'll totally do your tarot cards. And she's like, Yeah, no, they freak me out. I'm like, All right, okay, whatever, you know. Um, but then I've got other friends that, like, my my best one of my best boy mates. He's like, Oh, let's let you know, you can do them, you can do this, you can do that, you can read my palm, whatever. And like, I try and get my husband all the time. I'm like, Let me do a palm print, so I don't have to keep looking at your hand rather than just walking over when he's on the Xbox talking to my brother and, like, just squeezing his knuckles and, and like, stuff like that. And he's just like, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> what do you want? Like, I'm just like, just let me practice on you. But my daughter, she's got uh, Colour Your Own tarot cards in, so she's learning, she's doing, she's going to start doing a card a month and learn about the card and stuff. That is That's wonderful. so awesome. Yay, yeah. more was- kids doing it. <laughs> I really wanted the damn book myself, but I could only afford one. And like, she's got crystals and stuff. She's she's getting there. That is so adorable. That is so. And like, awesome. my son's obsessed with herbs. Like, he goes really? around the garden and like sniffing them and stuff. I love that. And you said he's only three, right? Yeah, yeah. Wow, that's so, awesome. Yeah, he goes around and he's like, although in his head, a witch is like green wide nose and cackles he goes round and like grabs this like we haven't put where they're witches brooms because they i got them like little witches brooms and stuff like proper ones not well not proper proper ones but you know they're, they're actual natural materials not plastic and like he'll go around cackling <laughs> i'm just like so cute. i love that <laughs> So I'm a witch. Ah, 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 ah. I'm like, <laughs> oh but my like, god, you have to catch that. You have to catch that on camera. I have to see that. That sounds amazing. He's it's, it's, it's adorable. Like, <laughs> we, he calls acorns baby trees. Oh. Um, he's like, Mummy, look at all these baby trees. I'm like, yes. Oh my god. That is um, too But like, being. When my when my like brain fog and my fatigue isn't kicking my ass, like it's quite nice to sit and talk about different witchy stuff with my kids. We did um, we celebrated Lusna together um, because it was just quite nice. Like I don't I I generally just observe them. I just like it because I, I'm I'm British. I'm Celtic. It's kind of like woven in to a lot of the stuff like the churches around here. They all they have different things for different um, celebrations. So like my dog goes to a Church of England school and they're pretty strict. They don't like Halloween gets no mention at all whatsoever, um, which is weird because the Church of England was literally made so that King Henry VIII could get divorced. So yes. that's pretty stupid. So like they do May Day, Easter. I've got them the wrong way around, but it doesn't matter. So 
Um, so that's what Astara and Beltane, if we do it as Easter and, and May Day. And then they do Harvest, which is uh, Mayborn. No, sorry, I've just waited for the face. I just wanted the face. So she does it like Autumn Equinox. Um, and then they do... Hold, hold, hold that thought. Hold that thought. Hold that thought. Hey, Brandy I'm just texted. <laughs> Uh, I know, I know, I know. I just looked at the time and I just realized that you were recording. I love you so much. I'll call you back later. Okay, I love Aww. you too. Hi. Hi, hi, hi. Although you can't see, probably can't see. He yeah. probably can't hear us either. Hi. Oh, that's right. He can't hear. That's right. <laughs> Never mind. He can't hear. It. He can't hear. Okay, well, tell him we you. said hi. Jeez. Oh, they said hi. <laughs> okay. I love you. And Brandy just texted me. She says she overslept. Bye. Right, bye. <laughs> Is she going to join? Uh, she literally just texted me. So I texted her. I'm like, we're still going. Come join. See, I told you she would pop up eventually. I, I knew she. I actually thought we were all going to oversleep. And of course, <laughs> guess, guess who the only one awake, bright and early and ready to go was? Me for once. Me. But you didn't text anybody. I had to text. I never text nobody. I'm just, I just assume you guys should be ready too. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. I didn't mean to to cut you off. It's just he was calling. So that's fine. Um, So you were saying something about Maybon. (laughs) (laughs) So, like, obviously, the autumn equinox, the kind of, that's like the second harvest. So we do harvest. So, She's already learning about this stuff at school. I figured, why not extend that to how I proceed? Like, I don't follow the wheel of the year, but I, I like observing the holidays. I like it. I just I just like having a chance, a reason to celebrate and do stuff. And because I can't go and socialise with stuff, especially with COVID and whatever, it was nice to do, like, baking bread and doing, like, little we did like our own little floral bouquets and lighting candles and talking about like setting a place for the dead and things like that it's like obviously with Sam Hain which is really nice she's and they're learning things like that I don't have the energy to throw them all at like stuff and my daughter does not have the attention span for sitting and reading <laughs> a book like that yet you know so she's currently reading Harry Potter and who cares you know She's seven. Sure. She wants to read it. Why not? I, I you, like the You books. know what, though? I mean, as much as I, like, rag on the whole Wheel of the Year thing, and that, that, I only rag on that because um, of the assumptions that people make of it, not, not of it itself, you know, just the assumptions of new people coming in and going, oh, this is something every witch has to do. No, that's not the case. But I do appreciate its um, effectiveness, especially in teaching children about just the concept, those types of things. Because kids naturally, I think, because of what they see in school and on TV and everything, you know, they're used to the concept of holidays and celebration and and recognizing those things. And so I think that's a a really uh, natural way of introducing children into into the craft. Like for me, working like because I work within like a lot of green witchery and stuff like that. It it just and how I got into witchcraft with it being all about nature and the seasons changing and stuff. It just 
it sits well with me. I don't care if nobody else likes it. And I don't care if I don't do it the way other people do it. I do it the way it fits me and it's nice and it and it works. And I don't have to do anything big and showy. I can literally just light a candle and think about something. And I'm like, right, okay, I've observed, I've observed it now. Yeah. You know? So some days that is literally it. It's literally a baby I, candle. I have to I have to oh look who it is. Oh look who is joining, for heaven's sakes. Miss Mountain Gypsy. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Good morning, hey, Sleeping Beauty. <clears throat> uh, so, the so, so, there we go. <laughs> yeah. You can hella tell she just woke up. <laughs> Dude, it has been that week, and my for some reason I set did not set my alarm clock last night, so. Hi guys! I look <laughs> horrible because I haven't taken my antibiotics or anything yet. Oh, you don't. You look fine. fine. Yeah, you really do. You look gorgeous. Oh, and look, there's my favorite redhead. No, I'm all right. How are you? Good. Uh, I so, guess what I miss. <laughs> so we kind of just talked about. Um, Basically, they introduced themselves in terms of, you know, a little bit about uh, how they use their witchcraft, how they how they function with that, a little bit about what makes them a spoonie. So, <clears throat> one of the things that we thought was really cool about having this group was that we have a good representation of kind of all the different, you know. Uh, factors we have those who actually do identify as a spoonie and then we have uh, Miss Mountain Gypsy who is a on the other side who is a caregiver yes of a a spoonie now Jim doesn't practice but no but I do use a lot of it towards him to help him with everything because you know he's got a lot of issues that a 40 year old man shouldn't and I know it gets on his nerves and it gets, you know, it's depressing for him sometimes. So I do, I use, I use a lot of calming spells and a lot of calming things to help him because, you know, there's days that he'll be all, how about you three get together and do a spell so my spine will be better again, you know? Aww. So he gets like that. So, I mean, I use it a lot for him and it does help him. Also, you know, just... My- just to throw this out there, um, if at any point in time you need me to help with a spell for Jim, I'm automatically fucking in. You don't even have to ask. Same. Right. You don't even yeah, have to ask. Yeah, Just let me know what I need to do and when I need to do it mm-hmm. and I'm there. Because audience, yeah. by the way, this is the first time she's telling us this. Yeah. So. Oh, dude, mm-hmm. I've been doing it for years. So well, it's an autumn- reached out. I've been doing it so long for my by myself. It's just an automatic reflex for me. So I'm like, I get it. We're just you know, and it's funny because you know, you know, everybody like from our episode with him with our partners, everybody knows he's a disabled veteran and stuff. So and that's actually part of the reason I pursued and um my education further into alternative therapies because. The VA thinks that just handing a massive amount of medications to them 
is okay. So from 10 years ago to now, I've cut his medication down from, I shit you not, 20 some pills three times a day to he only takes like five or six pills two times a day. Wow. That's awesome. You know, that kind of brings up a good point too. Um, Charisma, do you ever use uh, your spirituality or practice in any way to help your physical or mental ailments or getting through them? Um, Yeah, like I use a lot of um, tarot for my mental health. Um, So like once a year I'll do my own like, so I'll do like a year spread and then I shit you not, it predicted when I was, that I was going to have my daughter. Um, It was a year out, uh, a month out, but it was a month out purely because she came early. And then it predicted that I had a miscarriage, I was going to have a miscarriage and that I was going to have my son afterwards. Obviously, I didn't know that it was going to be a son or a daughter. But, like, they helped, like, massively knowing that in advance, if that makes sense, like, with mental health. Yeah. Um, and, like, Brandy and I have talked about, um, like, herbs and teas and so has Liz. Like, Liz has helped me make my own tea blends and stuff. Um, and, like, I like crystals. Like, I'm not wearing it at the moment, but I normally have. It broke. I'm really pissed off. And I've just found my jump rings. Um I normally have a green tourmaline crystal that I wear um, to help me with stamina through the damn damn day. (laughs) Like, I totally believe in, like, crystal energies and stuff. Do you feel a difference now that it's broken? Yes. (laughs) I do. I'm a bit annoyed that it's it's broken, to be fair. But I'm I'm, going to fix it, like, this week just need the time and the quiet because I like to, I need to cleanse it and, you know, right. just get it, realign it to me and stuff. Um, I'm a big advocate of putting crystals in my bra to keep them <laughs> away. And obviously the heat of your body helps and stuff in, or at least that's how it does for me. But yeah, you like- tell me you have a dildo crystal. No. Crystal dildo. <laughs> No, Ew. no, but didn't Clyde want to get one for you? <laughs> no, <laughs> ew. Okay, look, I don't, I don't know how many times or if I've actually brought it up on the show ever, but that freaks me out so bad, and this is why. I have seen so many people push it and they're like, "Oh, we made sure that it's not porous and blah 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 blah." How? How'd you do that? How do you do that? How? What'd you do? Did you put something on it? Like, what'd you do? What'd you, you do to this poor? Like, like this is a, a, a material. Like, it's its own thing. You can't just sand it a certain way and make it a different kind of material. Like, are you serious right now? Please don't put rocks in your pussy. <laughs> <laughs> or other orifices. Yeah, please like, please stop. Don't Don't feed into that. You don't need a rose quartz dildo. Knock it off. <laughs> Yes, that's, they make interesting that's... table talk, but don't use them. Yeah, do not put those in you. Boning yourself with a stone is not going to help you find your twin flame. Knock it off. <laughs> Rant over. <laughs> oh my goodness. Sorry. It wouldn't be an episode without a rant from me. No. On something completely unrelated. 
I'm in a lot, well, not a lot, because I've removed myself from a few of them, but, like, I'm in a few groups, like, on Facebook and stuff, for, like, chronic health, and, like, obviously you always get the pushes of, like, aloe vera, I'm like, yeah, okay, I'm quite, you know, up on the, the health benefits of aloe vera, but it's not going to cure you. Um, mm-hmm. Do you ever get people, like, obviously herbs and stuff can help, um, they can help <clears> make things make symptoms easier or more manageable literally all I want is to be my life to be more manageable yes um like stop trying to sell me miracle cures like (laughs) like and we we obviously have the herbalist the queen of the herbs and like you don't you're not expecting to like cure people like some things are going to be but not like celery juice celery juice will cure everything (laughs) Oh my gosh. Or never get sick again. Or or the essential oils lady that's like, this cures everything. I sniff orange oil every morning and I'm never going to get sick ever again. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> oh, no, because we had to deal with somebody, Brandy and I had to deal with somebody that was actually ingesting essential oils. Yes, yes. we did. Was- we were like, girl, first of all, there's only a few of them that you can actually... <clears throat> physically take in your body and okay. most of them you cannot <laughs> but she was like oh i've been i'm gonna do this i'm gonna do- no don't do that okay so i'm just gonna <clears throat> say somebody in my family is a doTERRA sales lady um i know some of you already know how horrible that is because you hear the word doTERRA but um <laughs> Um, yeah, and, and she ingests it. She uses it topically. She uses it to clean her dishes. And and I'm just like, oh, and she's, and, and this is the one that gets me is I've been using doTERRA for blah, blah, blah amount of years and I don't ever get sick. But every year she's like, I caught a cold, but I'm using doTERRA to treat it. And I'm like, oh, okay. Girl, I, <clears throat> I did doTERRA <laughs> Whatever for, I did doTERRA for like three months and I jumped ship because that is some of the education that they teach their salespeople that their oils are cure-alls to push it as the cure-all and I was like nope I want my money back because yes I love oils they're great for a lot of things but they're not gonna cure anything like yeah I use it to make a pain uh, a pain uh, rub for my husband and stuff but I don't make him eat it or drink it or I know it's not going to cure everything on him. No, It'll so ease the pain. From, from, from the medical community standpoint, I will tell you that it's out there enough that we make fun of you guys. Yeah. I yeah. Because, um, you know, like I'm on a bunch of... Uh, There's a documentary stuff. about it on Netflix. But I'm, I'm, I'm on a couple of uh, Facebook groups, you know, for uh, medical professionals. And the amount of memes making fun of, you know, the cure-all benefits of essential oils are embarrassing, to be honest with you. It's really and, embarrassing. And see, even just stepping back from ranting on that, um, just cure-alls in general, whether it's essential oils or celery juice or acai berry juice or you know every year it's some new fad cure-all huh what i was used to i pronounce it as acai because like i've never 
like I've never heard it I've always like read it I'm like is that how you pronounce that that's okay I made a complete ass of myself when I was really really young uh the first time I ever saw the word tilapia oh girl you should have heard how I said that shit (laughs) oh I was was like what's tilapia (laughs) and my friend looked at me my friend looked at me and was like, you really don't know what tilapia is? And I was like, I don't eat fish. Like what I, at the time I didn't really eat fish except for um, like salmon. So I didn't know, but I felt hella down. My, my daughter, <laughs> my daughter was the same when she was younger too. And so much to the point that she's now 27 and I still make fun of her for what she said. Like she used to call a pint of ice cream a pint. And- <laughs> And there's a city called um, Waco, Texas. And we were driving. There was a sign. He's like, oh, we're going to Waco, Texas? No. (laughs) Yes. Yes, absolutely. That's exactly where you went. (laughs) Because that's what it is. It's full of wackos. Everybody from there has been mispronouncing it on purpose because that's what they are. (laughs) Yeah. So if she's listening to this right now, sorry, sweetie, but you know, I'll never let you live that that down, even though. But you were absolutely right. Petra, you were right. It's definitely wacko, Texas. It's wacko for sure. Dude, for real. That only people that are crazy live there. But, um, but I think one of the things that, uh, bothers me the most is when sometimes like, uh, like I said, I have PCOS and it is something that some doctors know a lot of shit about and some doctors barely know what the fuck it is. And I have had doctors where their cure-all for PCOS is losing weight. And I'm going to tell you right now, one of the symptoms of PCOS is gaining it. So yeah. <laughs> um, it, it that was something that really hindered a lot of progress for me, both physically and mentally. Um was constantly being told like, oh, you have to lose weight. You have to lose weight. And it's like, I have insulin resistance from it. And that makes it harder to lose weight. And then, like I said, PCOS just automatically, it it makes your hormones out of whack and and you gain weight easily. I can look at food and gain weight. I can work out every day for months and not lose a pound. That's just kind of how it goes for me. Um, And it sucks. And it, and, uh, that was just one of the cure-alls that got pushed on people in my community real heavily was like, Oh, go lose weight and everything will be perfect again. Um, okay. Cause I was, I was like 60 or 80 pounds smaller. Um, I guess trigger warning. I'm going to talk about some stuff that might trigger, uh, some people it's going to be like miscarriage and stuff. So I got, I got pregnant, um, and I had a miscarriage and that's how I found out I had PCOS because it was a second term miscarriage. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I, I had just, I had just went early second term, but um, so like I said, uh, that's how I found out. Cause my, my OB was like, wait a minute, how far were you? And I was like um, four and a half months. And she was like, okay, we got to run some tests. And she's like, yeah, you have PCOS. And um, it was really weird how it happened too, because it's almost like as soon as I got the diagnosis, all of a sudden, all these insane symptoms came out of nowhere. Um, But again, that could have just been because I had just had a miscarriage. So uh, that's basically how I found out. And ever at the time I was going to a different doctor and her cure, and it was a female. And she was telling me like, you just got to lose weight. You got to lose this much weight. And I would lose it and nothing. And 
um, like I said, it's so much easier to gain weight than lose weight with it. So mm-hmm. I would gain it back. And, and granted, the symptoms are worse with more weight on, but losing weight never cured me. So it was one of those things like stop pushing what you think is a cure on people because as people who deal with this, we already tried everything. We try it. Like if we think it'll help, we try it. And sometimes not, I've seen people try things that I'm like, damn, I wish they wouldn't have, but people get desperate. And that's why you have to stop pushing these miracle, miracle cures on people because I've seen people try some shit that I'm like, Oh my God, like there's whole groups um, I listened to uh, another podcast and they were talking about it. There are groups on Facebook where people are doing urine therapy to help get rid of cancer and AIDS because they are fucking desperate. So they're keeping jars of their own fucking piss and drinking it and showering in it. And and they just like, look, if if it'll help me stay alive longer, I'll do it. Yeah, and know, this is why you can't do that. Like you cannot push like, oh, this works, do this. And cause you, there are people out there really doing this. Like, I'm not joking. This is a thing. Look it up. I'm glad that you he brought that up. Be- I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. I, I, I was going to say, uh, I'm glad you brought this up because this is one of the things that I see, you know, we talk about, uh, new people coming into the craft, coming into the practice. And I've noticed that are those that are um that are spoonies that are coming in new to the craft because they are thinking that it's going to provide them some sort of miracle cure yeah and that yeah that's scary to me and sad because yeah it's really depressing to see it yeah dude because i mean you know along with hestia i i've had before i had both my kids i had multiple miscarriages because i have um, cysts in my ovaries and in my uterus so I had so many cysts that it was you know because it's not PCOS and it wasn't um, endometriosis it was just I chronically had cysts because I had kidney problems so like I had like five miscarriages before I had Marcus and then I had two between Marcus and Sophie um, so what do you call it like everybody was telling me oh well to do this and use this oil and use that oil i was like you know what i'm just gonna do the nice medical way and use hormones how about that i will take the shot in my ass you know because people were telling me the most ridiculous like insane things like certain herbal douches and yeah and that's that's something i see pushed on this community all the time it's like they don't want you to seek modern medicine, but this is supposed to be something that goes alongside of it. It's not a replacement for, and lately I'm so happy because I am starting to see people say like, Hey, spirituality is not a replacement for mental health care and herbs are not a a replacement for modern healthcare. You, this isn't, Oh, you know, like you're going to end up dying because you think smoking a bay leaf is going to cure you of AIDS when you need to go to the fucking doctor and get some help. Um, or like Bella and I have uh, discussed before, people going into shadow work and like going in hard, like, and obviously we've spoken about it before, but like people going in really hard and thinking and, and not realizing stuff's going to trigger them mm. um, and not having, like I've had years and years and years and years and years and years of therapy, different types of therapy, 
because obviously I'm in the UK and we're very lucky to have the National Health Service, so things are free. Um, and none of it particularly worked for me, which is so like a lot of shadow work can help, but like I know certain areas that I have a like I have like a no entry sign. Um, and very few people like know about them. And so if I think it's going to take me down that road, I'm just, I just, I just put up a barrier. It's like, no, I'm, I, I can't do that by myself. And in fact, I've tried to do it with therapists and it's just, it made me like 10 times worse. My husband actually begged me to stop. Wow. Um, so, but a lot of people are going to shadow work thinking like there's, there's a lass on, on Instagram that I follow who, who particularly did like tarot and stuff. And I don't even know why I ended up following her, but I did. And she's, she does like shadow work prompts and I'm like, Sweetie, what about all the time and effort you've got to put in before to protect yourself? Like the self-care yeah. and to remind yourself that you are worth the effort and remind yourself that, you know, your mind is fairly, your mind's incredibly fragile for how intricate it is and robust it can be. Like it doesn't take a lot for something to trigger and snap you. Yeah. Like, I had a mental breakdown last year and it it went really far down that mental breakdown and like if i'd just done oh okay i'm gonna do some shadow work out of i wouldn't be here like but you know i would no fair to say oh that's a really good point because you know when you're talking about somebody who doesn't have any chronic issues you know doing those types of things whether it's shadow work or you know the herbs or herbal blends tea blends essential oils whatever you know there's risks in that alone but then you take somebody who has some chronic issues you know you're really embarking on potentially something dangerous and a lot of people don't take that into consideration both either as a spoonie or as somebody trying to give advice to a spoonie that to me that's i think even more dangerous you know it's one thing trying to give advice to to somebody in general where you're talking a bunch of shit but then you try to give advice to somebody who has chronic medical issues going on you know you're not a doctor stop trying stop it stop it because you can hurt that person exactly we tend to say like so in um i blog for like ostomy companies and i like obviously I have a, a, a large um, basis of experience, life experience, and medical experience when it comes to bowels and stuff. I work in healthcare. I'm not a nurse, don't get me wrong. I'm not a doctor, but I, you know, I'm not stupid. And I will always say, in my opinion, or you know, if people are starting to spout opinions as if it's like medical advice, it's please go to stomachist. Please go to the people that have got so. Like to be a stomachist, I think over there it's a wound care and ostomy nurse. Yeah. But like over here, and I'm guessing it'd be the same over there. Like you've got to you become you're trying to be a nurse, and then because this is what I want to be like, I want to be a stomachist. It's what I want to do. Like when I grow up, <laughs> and it's a case of I'd have to do go to university and then I'd have to get a master's, you know, which is like your 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 course specialising in it, and you'd have to you have to have so many years working on surgical wards and stuff first yeah and but they like these people that have had a stoma for six months and like oh well that didn't work for me I t- totally think you should try this and it's just like please stop trying to stick things in your stoma it's not it's just a stupid oh, move yeah. 
Oh my goodness. By the way, side note, <clears throat> I have been really entertained. I've watched you now, um, I think, go through what not four four different hair four different hairstyles already. Oh, I'm always touching my hair. Like, <laughs> I can't help it. I love it. It is right now. It's <laughs> Lion. Look, she's a lion. <laughs> that is what I would look like if I hadn't grabbed my computer and a hair tie and came out here before I came oh, I on. Can't. I, I, I do it all the time. Apparently, it's nervous energy coming out, but I'm not particularly nervous. I don't. I just do it all the time. I can't help well, it. It's, it's been just... entertaining. I've been watching you and counting oh. because but, I'm weird that. Yeah, man. <laughs> You know, the whole, like, people knowing that I'm an alternative therapist, I hate getting those people like, well, can you cure this? No, I can't cure shit. I'm just going to make you comfortable. You had to put out an IGTV video on that when when the whole corona thing first started. Yes, I did. I absolutely did. Like, it made me upset that I had to put that out on my Instagram was telling people, that I cannot cure anything. Anybody who tells you that they can cure this virus with just herbs and oils is trying to take your money mm-hmm. because they, you know, look, they're barely learning anything about this virus. What makes you think me, who, who, yes, I've been doing this for almost 15 years now, like, what makes you think that I'm going to know anything like the scientist? So I had rich by now if you, if you did. Girl, right? We'd be building our own studio and stuff. <laughs> but yeah, like I had to put an IGTV video out stating that I cannot, because I had so many messages on Instagram from people asking for teas and oils and stuff. And I was like, that's not how it works. I'm like, I-, I can make you an immune system tea to boost yourself. I can help you with uh, you know, antibacterial and antivirus, you know, cleaning stuff for your house, but I can't cure it if you get it, you know, so that's just, it's really also if you, to anybody listening, if you get any kind of tea or something like that from her, that doesn't mean, oh, I'm going to drink this tea, not wear a mask, go lick toilet lids and not get sick. You will yeah. still get sick. Calm yeah. down. Nothing <laughs> like, um, I, I just awesome see what so I do, much, but I can't do that. <laughs> but it's just one of those things. Like, I think everybody tries to separate so much. Like they want to separate herbalism from modern medicine. It's like, why, why? I personally feel like when it comes to any kind of healthcare, mental or physical, I feel like having a solid network is so much better than just isolating something and being like, I'm only doing this yeah, integrated all like, all of my doctors know each other. That was like a big aspect of what I was going for here. Like my gyno talks to my general practitioner, talks to my dentist. They have to. And, it, and yeah. it's it's so much better than what I dealt with with the healthcare in California, where it's like, okay, I have a dentist. They don't even know my, my regular doctor exists. Um, there's no cross communication. Like my healthcare has never been better than it is now. Um, because, because that's important. I wanted to make sure they knew each other. Like they have each other's email address. If I, I had to have surgery, uh, because of something my gyno found when I made my follow-up with my general practitioner, she had already talked to her. She had sent all the papers over. She was looking at everything she knew. And and that matters because as somebody who doesn't have the energy to do that all myself all the time, 
it was just like, wow, I can get good healthcare now without but you know, it all being on me, you know? You know what, though? I think, though, it just goes back. I'm going to use this as an opportunity for a reminder. Um, you know, we talk about when you do a spell, how you can't just do a spell and then expect, like, it's not Harry Potter, right? No. You're still the mundane huh. stuff that you that you do before it and after it, you know, to support the spell is there to support your mundane activities. Um, that's not just with spells. That goes the same with, you know, all of these alternative treatments, um, the the herbalism and, and all of that. You know, we, we embrace those and we look at those things because they are beneficial. But like Brandy said, they're not a cure-all. It's, and like Hesse was saying, it's not like you drink her immunity tea and now you go out with a, out a mask and everything's fine. No, you do those in tandem with each other. Exactly. You wear your mask, you practice good hygiene, you take immunity boosters, you do all of that in, together. And so- I think my main issue with things is like, for instance, um, a WhatsApp group I'm in, I'm not gonna say what it is just in case it randomly comes to pinpoint <laughs> it. But um, they sent a thing through saying that in, in Jerusalem, you, they had a cure for COVID with lemon juice and bicarbonate soda. Now, anybody that has done, like, I'm going to say from the age of, like, seven, um, any, like, science stuff, it's going to be an eruption. Like, I'm pretty sure that would do your, your typical volcano. Like, we never did the volcano things, but I know, like, it's a big thing for you <laughs> lot, right? Like, you see it in all the films, you see everyone for the volcano. Like, Everybody in America like, makes volcanoes. <laughs> yeah, like with your American wind. And um, <laughs> I, like my daughter, she wants to be a scientist. I feel, I feel like I have never felt more of a redneck than I do right now. Like I'm not, I'm not country at all. But she's making me feel hella country right now. Like I'm just some backwoods. <laughs> uneducated oh, no, no, no. i'm not trying to do that i'm not trying to do that. No, paper no, no. mache because volcano making ass but like you know it's gonna make an eruption right because it's yeah. a flipping acid and like i'm pr i can't my my brain's not working but anyway like my my, my husband was just like what the fuck? like what, what what the fuck he took my daughter through to the kitchen and he just did it there and then it was just like <laughs> i was like well, i'm probably gonna drink this shit but it wasn't it didn't even have like um, measurements either like you don't just chuck stuff together and, and like, so from a medical perspective that is dangerous because uh, when you in when you take in bicarbonate like you said it, it's acidic right and if you take it enough of it it can send your body into what's known as metabolic acidosis which is not good because again you know one of the beauties uh, the natural beauties of our body is balance you know, not just the light and dark, but also our pH. We are pH balanced. And so when you put something into your system, there's several diseases that send you into an acidosis or an alkalosis. But when you purposely put something into your system that does that, you know, that's that's not healthy. You're not going to get COVID if you do that because you're probably going to get something else instead or you'll die. I mean, just say. Well, I that turned around and said... Like I put in the group, I was like, please don't give medical advice. None of us are medical 
medically trained. Um, I was like, it's really, it's like really unfair. What if somebody took that advice, drank mm-hmm. it, and got ill? That's on your conscience. And technically, if this if they didn't get too bully, they could they could sue you. Like yeah. I'm not being funny. They could like sue your ass. And yeah. and then the 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 person that runs it was just like sent me an image of a book. It was like something like granddad's cure-alls and I'm thinking I'm a fucking witch how the f-? like I didn't put this because I was like I'm not putting this in that group I was like I'm a fucking witch I know that certain herbs work like and things like that and like aspirin was derived from um, like willow bark and stuff like that I'm not stupid I know that that certain things help I'm like but don't go around expecting stuff yeah. to just not be told off like you get told off for it I because they all came at me for that. I'm like, I, I got to tell you, as I'm a nurse, I can't tell you how many times I have felt compelled to literally butt into conversations that I'm not part of to tell them to shut the fuck up because you are, you, you are bordering on or have crossed into medical advice, which you don't know what you're talking about. So shut the fuck up. Mm-hmm. Because I, those conversations crazy. have we had online mm-hmm. and yeah, i think that comes up. from i think it comes from two places and both places are not places that you should be in and if you find yourself in one of these two places you should really shut the fuck up so the first one would be it worked for me so it works for everything um incorrect everybody is different and there are some people can chug grape juice every morning and be fine. Some people are going to drink that and die. So it's even stuff as simple as that. So just because it worked for you doesn't mean that you get to say that it fixes everything and everybody should do it. Second is out of pure desperation. If you have tried everything and now you're starting to try weird shit and you think it's cool to share that you shouldn't, because like I said, There are groups on Facebook where people are drinking jars of their own fucking piss. You guys need to chill the fuck out because you're going to kill people. There is a third thing that you forgot. Hmm. They're a Google doctor. Oh, Oh, yes. The WebMD Google doctors. (laughs) We forgot those people. Like, let me just type in my symptoms real quick. Oh, the first one. That's it. I'm dying of cancer and a brain tumor. Yeah, but it's one thing for you to do that for yourself, but it's another to do that and then turn around based on your five-minute Google search and give advice to somebody. I remember actually, I've walked into one of my, he was my old doctor. Um, He's retired now. And I was like, I was on Google. He's like, seriously, what did Dr. Google say this time? I was like, actually, (laughs) actually. I spent ages and I was like, and it was because I'd had previous like high grade um, cells from a smear test. And I was like, and then I was having like symptoms that actually fit in line with like cervical cancer. I was like, please, can we just, can we just rule this one out? I was like, because the, there was like a link. I was like, can we just rule it out? Because I'd much rather just rule it out and not freak out. And he was like, actually, okay, for a change, that makes sense. He was like, we'll do that. But like, you all missed a fourth one. No, fifth one, because you did you. I can't remember my brain. Seriously, I don't even know why you got me on, because my brain's just mush. <laughs> and, like, but I could have the same thing as, like, Bella, and you would feel it entirely different to me. Yes. Because illnesses are just as unique and an inv- individual 
to the person that is suffering it. Yes, that is very mm-hmm. true. Very, like, very yes. true. So, like, um, I have friends that have exactly the same things wrong with them as I do, and I experience them entirely differently. Like, um, yeah, yeah, I do. I, I mean, think it's good to share. You know, share your experiences. You know, but don't tout them as this is going to work for you, and in turn don't receive it as it worked for her it's going to work for me you know and also don't think that just because like even amongst i used to be in a pcos support group but i left it for this reason um they think that oh i have pcos and i was able to have a kid so keep hope you can too some of us can't like some of us like you know i actually have a slight chance because i've gotten pregnant before but there are women who absolutely cannot get pregnant with PCOS. They don't have hope. And it's unfair to them that you keep saying, well, I did it. Well, I did it. Well, I did it. Well, it's I like did it. It's like endometriosis, dude. <laughs> it's like, um, um, it's the way it, it's just kind of, it, it's just kind of like those, it's just the thing that one illnesses, even if they're the same illness, they affect people differently. And uh, what treatments are effective for that person are going to be different. It's not just that, you know, more times than not, unfortunately, if somebody has a chronic condition, it's likely that they have other conditions as well. And those are going to play into each other as well. So just because it works for one person, you know, for the next person, because they have other conditions as well that are contributing, you know, that it, it doesn't mean that it, it's going to be equal and people need to realize that about each other and especially especially with people with with chronic illnesses i mean you know just talking to you know uh, charisma and hestia alone you know they explained several different things going on with themselves and that's not uncommon mm-hmm. usually not uncommon if you like you said i mean usually if you mm-hmm. have one thing there's something else like jim's little sister um my sister-in-law has severe endometriosis where she's, I think she's younger than Hestia. Uh, no, you and Hestia, her and Hestia are about the same age. And 10 years ago, they literally had to remove her entire, she had to have a hysterectomy. And she had all these people in her support group for endometriosis. Oh, well, I had a baby. Well, she couldn't. So my niece and nephew are adopted. Fortunately, from the same biological mother, who is a douchebag, but we won't go there. But she also has Kawasaki's disease and Hashimoto's disease. And so she's got all these other things that were against her, not only the endometriosis, but all these other things. Yeah. So she always had these people forcing this while I had a baby. Well, she can't. Because she had to have everything removed by the time she was 30. Yeah. So I think it's it's hard, isn't it? Especially when it comes to kids, because a lot of people think when it like a lot of women especially think, you know, I should be able to have babies. This is what I was put on the earth to do, blah, blah, blah. I have friends that have got nothing wrong with them, except, you know, like maybe like an asthma, asthma issue or something that's completely unrelated to reproductive stuff. And they can't have kids no, because yeah. it's not, you don't, you can like, I have loads of women that message me about getting pregnant with a stomach because my son was born. I was pregnant with my son with while I had my stomach, my daughter was before. And I'm just like, there's plenty of women 
that have nothing wrong with them that struggle. I was like, you don't know, like, I can't say that you can or you can't. I'm like, my my doctor was like, my surgeon was like, I, can't, I don't know. He's like, you're completely, you're, you're, you're you, you have your own issues. You know, we don't know. He's like, but he's like, I haven't done anything myself to prevent you from. So if you're going to, you're going to. If you're not, sadly, you're not. Well, another thing, another thing too, real quick is that you got to remember some women are just born unable to have children and they don't actually have medical issues. They just can't have kids. There's nothing physically wrong with them. Exactly. Or the women that just don't want kids and then they're still going to have kids. When are you going to have kids? It's like, well, I never wanted kids. And then I got my husband. That question, that question needs to die. Don't ask people when they're going to have kids because it's it's invasive just it's like hey uh how tight are you like why are you concerned about my reproductive (laughs) organs sir mind your business like well it's like when me and jim got married that was the first question yep so here's the thing as you get married the week before so the week before me and jim got married we had a miscarriage it was the hardest thing on him because he'd never had to deal with that and we were still in the military and we were with a, a unit that was not family friendly. So I had a horrible miscarriage um, and stuff. And literally the two days after we actually got married, because not everybody knew I was pregnant. We were keeping that on the down low a little bit. And everybody, oh, so you're going to have babies now? I was like, bitch, I literally just had a miscarriage two weeks ago and you're already on my ass about it. Yeah. I had, um, I had a similar thing happen. I had a miscarriage a little over a year before we got married and, but it was really bad. Like I said, it was a second term, uh, not to mention the, the experience at the hospital was horrendous. No, no. I went to a notoriously bad hospital in Detroit um, just because it was the closest one. And the doctor was a shit show. He was fucking horrible. Um, Him and the nurses were both actually just, I mean, this is going to sound real childish, but there's really no other way to describe it. Like they were just flat out mean to me. Like they were mean as fuck. Like they made a a horrible situation worse. Worse. Yeah, me and me and Danny had just got um, engaged, and like I, I was four and a half months pregnant when I miscarried. Um, so, so the miscarriage itself was already extremely traumatic. Um, plus, the baby was planned. Uh, you know, like like we put a lot into this, and we were excited. The family was excited. We had already told everybody because I had went into the second term. So, yeah. uh, so everybody knew. Um, and then everybody knew about the miscarriage. So a, a, a little over a year later, we get married. And um, a week later, we're at his family's house. And of course, so when are you guys going to have kids? And I'm just like, what the fuck? Like, right. I, I'm not over. I still wasn't over the miscarriage. Um, because I had went many years thinking that I couldn't get pregnant. I, I hadn't mm-hmm. been di- I hadn't been diagnosed with PCOS yet, but I was just, you know, I had been in other serious relationships where we weren't taking precautions and I never got pregnant over all those years. And so I was just like, well, I can't get pregnant. And then I did. So it was, it was like my little hope baby, you know, I was like, oh my God, I didn't know I could do this. And, and now I'm with the man that I'm going to be with the rest of my life and it's happening. So it just felt like the connection amongst all of it was just so strong. And so when that happened and then when I got the PCOS thing, like it just, 
it was a lot. So to get those questions, like, please, people stop asking people when they're going to have kids. Some people don't want kids. Some people can't have kids. Some people just hate kids. Some people are like, kids are fucking gross, snotty little shit bags. Like, I don't, (laughs) you know, like some people don't like kids. (laughs) And um, it's like Sophie was like our miracle baby. Like, because after we had Marcus, we did not plan to have any more children because all of Jim's stuff was starting to surface, all his injuries, all his issues. And at the time, he was on a lot of medication that we were like, this is not going to help the situation because it's not going to help your fertility. And Sophie was like that little engine that could because I had gone to I'd gone to the doctor because I had the marina thing and it had scraped through my uterus. So they had to remove it. And they're like, okay, we can't give you anything for a month. So you're, you're not going to be able to, if you know, you, you know, we can't give you any birth control in between because you have to heal and your hormones have to go back to level before we can do anything. Um, I went back for the month checkup and everything. And the nurse is like, well, we can't do anything for you. We're like, so I was like, why? She goes, we, we can, but not for nine months. And I was like, what? Jim heard me in the waiting room with Marcus saying what when she told me I was pregnant. So, but the thing is with her, that whole pregnancy was so difficult because I had uh, uterus spasms the whole time. So I was contracting all the time. And then I got severe preeclampsia, like severe, like to the point where when I went to the emergency room that morning, they brought in four different um, machines to check my blood pressure and because they thought they were broken. It was so high. So when I went into labor, that like, when, yeah, dude, they brought four machines and what do you call it? Um, thank God my doctor was literally right in the same parking lot. He ran from his office to the labor and delivery and, you know, he was, my doctor with Sophie was the greatest because he, he monitored me instead of going like every so often. I was in the doctor's office like every couple days because he was keeping an eye on everything because it was already a high risk pregnancy. So with her, I literally had her two months early and, you know, he was like, we're going to have her, we're going to prep you. But there was this one nurse because we'd already decided to tie my tubes like before we had planned her C-section and everything had gone crazy. This nurse really pissed me off. And I'm thankful that one of the other nurses in labor and delivery was one of my childhood friends because she kept telling me, your baby's not going to make it. Your baby's not going to make it. The whole time they were prepping me for surgery and everything. And she's like, are you sure you want to tie your tubes? Because she's not going to make it. That way you can replace her. And one of my friends, replace her. What? Yeah. So my friend Annette had to tell me, had to tell her to leave the room because she was stepping her boundaries and it was not her decision. So she, um, you know, the nurse had to leave because the pediatrician that came in with my doctor to do the C-section had to remove her also because she kept forcing that I shouldn't have my tubes tied when we had already medically said it was a necessity for me to because when Marcus like Marcus came literally on his due date like that day on his due date but I bled a lot 
to where I had to have two infusions before I went home. But like with Sophie, it was just horrible because first of all, she was a miracle baby. We didn't even plan her. We didn't realize we could even get pregnant again. And that nurse really upset me because she was like, you shouldn't tie her tubes. You need to replace her if she dies. Because that was the whole thing. Like I'm on the table flipping out because, you know, I think I'm going to die because I was literally to the stroking point. My organs were shutting down. And this lady's telling me my baby's not going to live because she's coming two months early. I was like, after that was done and everything, because I didn't get to see Sophie for like two days after she was born. Because I, I was so hooked. wish I would have been there. I, I was so up. wish I would have been there. I would have whooped her ass in the parking lot. Could you imagine how Linda felt? Linda That's came exactly back. how that would have went. No, I would have been like, <laughs> somebody better have some bail money because I'm about to fuck her up. Linda was looking for her when she I'm got so to the irritated hospital. right now. I'm hella irritated right now by that whole story. Like, I can't believe somebody had the balls to say something like that. Cause no, yeah, dude. Well, cause in like, fact, in fact, if at any point in time you ever find out where she's at, just let me know. Yeah, dude. I think, <laughs> I think you always find there's always that one when it's something that's like really important to you. So, like, when we had our miscarriage. We got there and they were like, if it's a miscarriage, there's nothing we can do. I'm like, yeah, I'm not stupid. I know that. Like, that's just, I just wanted, you, you, you know, when you bleed, you just automatically go to the doctors or the hospital. It's your natural reaction. Right. And yeah. then like when, so I got my tubes tied when I was, when I had Jacob and the the surgeon wasn't the surgeon that was supposed to be there. I was in the hospital for a week before and they kept on blaming it on my bowels because like I was I'd gone into early labor and then everything stopped and then they were just saying it was my bowels it was my bowels and the about like colorectal surgeons and stuff would come down they're like it's really not your bowels I'm like yeah I know I'm like this woman's just an idiot and she was like I can't she was like are you sure you have um two ovaries because I can't find one and I'm like, I can't feel like my legs. They already feel like they're all twisted and contorted. <laughs> obviously, I had the thing. And I'd already been, I had massive panic attacks, screaming, crying, because they all the plans that I had were just going down the fucking drain. They had Stephen outside. And I was like, what the fuck is he doing outside? The anesthetist was one that had done one of my bowel surgeries. So he came back in and he was like, why the hell is he outside? Get him inside. Get him in here. There was one of the midwives was desperately like holding gas and air to my butt to my face while I put the spinal injection in then this other one was like trying to take me away from Stephen and like make me look at her and I'm thinking I'm gonna punch you like, yes. my husband is the person that needs to be in front of me one of the the anesthetists was just like glaring at this woman like what the fuck are you doing she's already like panicking and then like it's just you just don't need people to be like are you sure you've got yes. you, you need this like it's fucking the last thing you need at any yeah. point like like before the day I had him for my cert my stoma farm um my surgeon had pissed me off like three weeks three weeks before he was like you know we're never going to be able to reverse this right and I was like are you fucking shitting me like we I had to fight for this you know I've had to fight for this he's like well I remember what you were like when you were 21 and you were like if I ever get stone rolled, I'll kill myself. I'm like, yes, but there's like nine years since. <laughs> like, 
and I just I called him out on it on the day and he's like I'm really sorry I didn't actually mean it like that I'm like well I couldn't have you do my surgery without me having it out with you because I was really pissed off and he was like no that's fine because I'm he's just he sort of person like yeah, sort of doctor you you get them you know the doctors that give a shit that like you get them more over here I don't know that's probably really stereotypical and rude but I always think because the way that it's portrayed over there that everything's money orientated um nurses are the only ones that go in to healthcare because they actually give a shit and doctors only do it because they're going to get lots of money and people go into pharmaceutical sales because they get lots of money we don't have that over here you go into medical care like we don't have as many private hospitals or if we do you don't hear about them and like um you go into like healthcare because you care you care you want to give a shit you want to be there you want to make someone's life a bit better and like the way things are just portrayed over on tv and stuff from like our perspective of of america it's like shit i would like i couldn't go live in america because i would i would just not be able to survive because i'd be that i'm that ill that i'd never be able to afford like stuff and if we go private over here i always actually said that I'd take myself off into the woods somewhere and just die peacefully because that way my husband wouldn't have to like take out a fucking loan just to pay my medical bills. Like it's terrifying. I don't know how anyone could cope like with all the stress of financial stuff when yeah, it's hard. Financially yeah. unstable as it is, you don't need your health yeah, into it. Me and my husband pay over four hundred dollars a month for insurance. That's just the insurance. I still have copays. I still have other shit too. Like. Yeah, I still have to pay. I think it's like $25 out of pocket every time I go to a specialist. And I think it's like 10 every time I go to my regular doctor. Um, I have limited amount of visits for certain things that I can do. Like, yeah, it sucks. It does. Okay. It sucks. Like, we pay and the medical this is, this medicine is, this is why it's become so political here too. It's because people need that healthcare. People die because they can't fucking afford this shit. And um you know, we always do, we point to places like where you're at, like, look, it works, dummy. Can we, can, <laughs> but you know, there's always going to be some people. Well, we, have the post, we, have, we call it the postcode lottery um, for like healthcare. So take, take my, one of my best friends and her boyfriend, they live together, but he's registered. His doctor is in the, like the next county over. He can get a certain drug she couldn't and they have exactly the same thing wrong with him and it's literally where their postcode was so a postcode that's just your zip code um for anyone that doesn't know what a postcode is and like it's ridiculous <laughs> like like literally cross the border and you, you're like you can't get shit it's just like no so like i don't pay for stoma bags and i don't pay for medicine because obviously i have this for life but I don't, like, I don't have medicine. I don't, I get, like, infusions now and then, but that's nothing, like, I wouldn't have to pay for them anyway. But we we pay for, like, my husband has to pay for all of his own medication if he needed it, like, from the doctors. Um, kids don't have to pay till they're 16. And then, like, dentists, you pretty much have to pay for everything with your dentist because they're, like, robbing oh, them. Don't but, get me started on the dentist crap for the week. <laughs> <laughs> And like, so, but in America, I've got friends in in Australia and they have like a scheme they pay into and then the government pays the other half sort of thing or like a quarter and they're paying like three quarters and it works out 
it's sort of the same as over here because the majority of it's already paid for. But it's just terrifying. I couldn't be like I want to go. I want to live in Canada, but and as far as I'm aware, they have something similar. But I don't know. I'd be terrified of having to go somewhere private and be like, oh, I can't afford that. Like yeah. you shouldn't have to put a price on someone's life yes. or someone's health. I don't. I don't agree with that personally. You know, I think that you know, um, I, you know, I never got to actually express my personal opinion on why I think uh, people who are spoonies are attracted to witchcraft. And I oh, think, sorry. no, 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 no. It just reminded me of it. It's because I, I think that, you know, witchcraft itself gives you a sense of empowerment. And so I think that's even more so important when it comes to somebody who's already struggling um, with chronic conditions and such. And especially here in America, and I'm saying this completely just out of observation, not based on any fact, but it seems like there's a lot of spoony witches here in the U.S. And I think part of it has to do with the empowerment of not only um, taking control over their, their chronic issues, but also for financial support, you know, trying to take control of their environment because it is so stressful here, at least in the U.S. You know, somebody with with chronic illnesses, um, it, in addition to all of the other shit, you know, just having to deal with that, they have to deal with all of this financial burden and fi- financial concern. And um, so anyways, that, that's just my personal opinion is, is I think it offers um, a form of empowerment, additional empowerment. I agree. I- I think that's also very similar to why a lot of teenagers get into it because it gives you a sense of control in something you can't control. You've got, like, when you're a teenager, you've got hormones, like, fighting you at every turn. You've got social, like, issues. You've got society being a twat, making out that you're all this, like, druggies or whatever. And then, yeah, or you're going to get knocked up at every turn. Right. You know? Yeah, and then I it do. gives you a sense of, like, and a sense of community mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. as well. Like I never really talked. Like I'm, I've always been open about it. Like, but I've never really gone out and spoken about like my, my witchcraft and stuff. My husband, he's always known. He's never given a shit. I mean, he refers to it all as witchy shit. And <laughs> my husband and, does too. Thank you. <laughs> it's and that's fine. But and like, but I never really. I was never overly open about it until like I joined. The community where I met you guys, you know, yeah. like I obviously have friends that I would talk to her about and and shit like that, and like my dad, and my mum couldn't have given two shits. But it's it's nice having a sense of community, and I think it's nice. I think for a, the few spoony witches that I know that aren't just trying, aren't cashing in on stuff and making like spells and like this will cure you, love. This will make this better, <laughs> and it's like no, it won't. But um, it's it's nice having something aside from... A lot of people worry that their chronic condition defines them and they are only their chronic condition. And when you're a witch or you join a spiritual community, it can be it could actually be freaking a church, you know? It doesn't have to be witchcraft. It could be an actual church or you could become a Muslim or whatever. You get that sense of community. That's, and, really, that's really true. That's a really good point. <clears throat> And make friends and that and it, and it takes it away and it, like reduces how much that plays a part in your life 
because I don't think about it all the time now because I'm busy talking to you guys or whatever. And what you just said, like, I found the communities that I met everybody in because even though I'm not the Spoonie, my husband is, and it's not that we're antisocial, but because there's a lot of issues, he doesn't want to go out in public. He doesn't like to be social unless it's certain family members. So I, I felt really alone. Like, yes, I have, you know, the girls know I have my best friend of 30 some years, Linda, but she lives back home in Texas. And, you know, she works in the medical field. So I don't get to talk to her all the time. And when I do, it has to be really late at night or early in the morning and stuff. So like, I felt alone. Like I really did. Like, Yes, I'm in this program for the VA system called the caregiver program where I'm my husband's nurse. Instead of them hiring a nurse to come in, they train me to do everything. And yes, they have a group for us, but I can't relate to a lot of them because a lot of them are either really young and they don't have the physical issues that my husband has, or they're really older people like the Vietnam and World War II vets where you know, they've been doing this so long, it's like nothing to them. Yeah, I've Mm -hmm. been doing it for a very long time too, but there's no happy medium for me to feel comfortable and a sense of community. And, you know, I've been practicing, you know, my craft for 20 some years and I still had never felt community or a group. And so I found just going on my app store looking for communities like that which communities or something because it was something that was my outlet and then I found you guys so it I do totally relate to that because even me not being the spoonie but being the caregiver I feel very isolated myself where I I think a lot of people forget the caregivers like I genuinely do then yeah because they don't realize like not only am I taking care of Jim I'm taking care of Marcus who has Asperger's syndrome I mean, he's grown out of a lot of his issues or we have learned to handle them. So it's not like when he was younger where he could flip a switch and he's tearing the house apart like he used to. And, you know, having a total shit fit over a small little noise or something that didn't feel right to him. And then I've got Sophie, who is technically legally blind because she had, was born with an eye issue and she's ADHD. So I've got her bouncing off the walls every five fucking seconds. So they don't realize, like, everybody thinks, like, especially people I grew up with, they think I live the life because I get to work from home. I get to get paid to work from home and everything. It's not like that. Like, I'm very isolated because I don't have community. And so when I found you guys, it was awesome. And it felt great to have people to relate to. Or just to talk to, you know? Yeah, no, I, I agree. I agree. <clears throat> but, you know, charisma, it's interesting because you actually are both. You're yeah. a caregiver and you're also a Spoonie Witch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's interesting that you've chosen that as a career uh, of being a caregiver. Why, why did you do that? Um, my granddad was a paramedic and a fireman. And I was always interested in bones and... Like, I wanted to be, I think I went through everything. Like, I wanted to be, um, of like, a pharmaceuticalist. I wanted to be an orthopedic doctor. I was like, I was just like, 
bones, everything, like, proper. Like, and, and Jacob loves skeletons. But I was really ill, and, like, I missed a lot of the chances, like, all the good options for work experience. So when we were 14, we have to go do work experience for two weeks, and it was just to try and give you an idea of what the fuck you might want to do when you're older. And, like, there was literally working in a care home or being a mechanic. And I was like, well, fuck being a mechanic, because I know that, I like, I like the idea of it, but I couldn't, I can't do any of the physical lifting. I'm a fanny. And um, so I went into this care home, and I was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God, I love this. Like, like just talking to all the old people, and, and like, like, I couldn't do any of the personal care, because over here you have to be 18 legally to do, to give personal care um, in a work setting. And I was just like, I love this. I love this. And then, like, I, my um, pediatrician ran my parents to say that my blood levels were really really low I was on the verge of like passing out I think I had to have a blood transfusion and stuff and they were just like sent my granddad in because I refused to answer the phone I told my mum to fuck off put the phone down put it in the locker and just went back to work my granddad came in and fireman lifted me out of the building and I got put in hospital for two weeks and I was just like you know what I love this I loved it so much they like and when I was 18 I did an apprenticeship and I've just done it ever since I've done autism care I've done supporting living I've done Alzheimer's and dementia strokes I just love it I I, the lady I look after at the moment she's 100 she's absolutely freaking amazing on Christmas day I'm sleeping over and I've got my bramble brandy that I made and we're gonna sit and drink bramble brandy on Christmas day I don't know, I just love it. I just love listening to the stories. I just, I like having connections with people. Considering I hate people, I, I'm quite a people person. That's really funny. I'm the same way. Like, I don't really like people, but I like having conversations with the people I do like, I guess. I mean, she's hilarious. And like, some of the people I've looked after are absolutely amazing. Do you think that maybe... Um it's because also you feel like it's a way for you to, to give back in a way you can use some of your own experiences that you, that you experience as a person on the other end to be able to give back as a caregiver. Well, actually I look after people with stomachs and I'm the only person on my, on my team that's actually qualified to look after people with stomachs. And that's aside from me having one, I actually, my stomachs is had to professionally train me in another work setting. Yeah. Um, but, when my granddad died of cancer, I really struggled to go see him. Like, really struggled. And I, after do like, obviously doing that to, that, that time at the, the nursing home and stuff, I was just like, do you know what? There's loads of people that are like me that can't, that don't have, that aren't able to go see the pe- their loved ones dying or not themselves from Al- Alzheimer's and stuff. And I was like, but I can go be that person. I can, I can go be the person that I wish I could have been for my, my granddad. Because my sister's the opposite. She could, she can go like give care to our grandparents. I can't, I can't see them as work. Like I can't do that. And like, because my sister's a trainee nurse and she does it to give back. Um, but I don't know. I, I just do it because I care. I don't know. Do, if I'm do any of them or in the in the past or now that you've cared for? Do they know that you're that you practice? Um, the lady I look after now does. However, she also has. Um, memory loss so that's kind of like the perfect person to tell <laughs> she can't remember what you do um that's tricky there, there was a lady that i i looked after when i first started out 
that I, I swear she knew like she she just say random stuff and it would just kind of witchy stuff would come out and she just like brush it like take it with total like pinch of salt as if yeah I knew it already sort of thing so nobody's ever kind of asked you to help them do anything for them no and I, I'm, I'm I'm not sure I, w- I, I would like because it's very I think magic for me is very personal I I try and stay away from like hexes and stuff I have done them don't get me wrong but they're just not my jam I'll do it if it needs doing I mean something in terms of like what what uh non-gypsy was talking about with her husband you know like calming spells or anything like that something oh no nobody's asked me to do anything like that but Hmm. I'm I don't know I think because I put so much effort and energy into my work as it is I think including that in my magic would be a bit more draining than I'd like if that makes sense oh yeah well like totally get it but also you know I mean yeah, I mean, I, the way that I see it is that, I mean, it's not, a, I think that you have the, the best of both worlds almost in that you have something where that you clearly love and love to do and clearly loved it since you were um, you know, younger, um, but that it's also, you know, again, rewarding. It's, it's a good balance. It's a good balance mm-hmm. because, yeah, I think it's cathartic probably in some ways. Yeah, I mean... I like, it sounds really, really awful, but I do like working with people with like um, memory issues because when I'm having a really shit day, I will go and I'll literally pour it all out knowing that when I go back a couple of hours later, she won't remember a damn thing that I've like, she'll remember I've been, but she won't remember what I've said. Um, And like one day I was really, really low um and she just turned around to me and she was like don't you dare kill yourself I'm like oh I'm not gonna go that far she's like well don't you dare because I love you you're my staff I'm like all right okay I'm your staff am I like she tells people I'm her staff and she's like she's really supportive and kind and she's fucking hilarious honestly that's wonderful that's amazing but yeah I don't know. So do you have any um words of wisdom or advice that you want to give to maybe some new Spoonie witches out there, people who have just, you know, newly come into the craft as a Spoonie? Use your downtime to research. You can't research anything enough. Like, it's impossible because everybody's opinion and viewpoint is entirely different. And sometimes um, reading all the books, reading all the blog posts, hell, even reading some of the crap on Pinterest, (laughs) <laughs> is really useful because it opens your mind up to different things and um it's probably one of the the best things that I was able to do was read lots of books when I was really poorly because when I when I was a kid and I didn't have any responsibilities and I didn't have to do anything else that's where you get a good solid knowledge base from and then you can move forward in any direction you want from there I love that well what it's because you, you like researching you? and reading stuff <laughs> yes I do <clears throat> What about you, Cecilia? Um, just kind of playing off what I said earlier, learn to amplify the little bit of energy you have. Um, that has been absolutely vital for me. And I agree with what she said too, just in your downtime, when you're not doing anything, read, because you don't have to get up to do it. You could just lay there and mindlessly scroll through stuff. And, and you know, she has a good point because as much shit as I talk about the uh, superficial information that you find on uh, Pinterest and stuff, sometimes when you're blanked out, that superficial 
little tidbit of information is the only only thing you can retain. And um, as long as you use it as a jumping off point for more research later, yeah. it's not a negative thing. Just don't let that be the only information. Don't let that be the only information you take in and, and use as fact. Agreed. Yeah. What about you, Miss Mountain Gypsy, from the caregiver standpoint? I probably be the same as you guys, because like, I mean, <clears throat> as a caregiver, you don't get a lot of downtime. And when you do, that's what I do. I jump into reading because I have so many books I need to catch up on. Um, you know, I, I'm able to get things written down that I hadn't in months with the little downtime that I do get. And I mean, when you do feel, make it your little sanctuary for when you have downtime. Because I mean, it's, my craft has been my therapy and my downtime to make myself you know be able because if i can't take care of myself how the hell am i going to take care of everybody else mm -hmm. so i would say for me from the healthcare professional standpoint that um yeah i, I agree with everything you guys say but i would want to reiterate if you're new to this coming in and you're a spoonie be be realistic um if you're coming in because you are looking for a miracle uh be realistic and don't take medical advice from anybody that's not a medical professional that you are seeing in a medical setting I, you, like look because uh, i know but real quick just i i know i talk about asking bella for medical advice often and i do take her advice to heart because i trust her but that's because we built that trust um i always talk to my doctor i'm not yeah. gonna take bella's as what bella says is the end all for me because she can't evaluate me we're in different states. She can't check my blood pressure. She can't, you know, she can't look at me physically and tell me what's going on. So even if you meet somebody who is a medical professional, don't necessarily take what they're saying as a, a written in stone thing as it applies to you, because they aren't there to analyze you there. You're mm -hmm. not in a medical professional setting. Go to your doctor. <laughs> Well, what I was going to say was that, you know, you want to make sure that you are, again, not assuming that you're coming into this because you're, you're expecting miracles, but instead be, be realistic. And I'm not saying that as a downer, what I'm saying is understand that this is incredibly empowering. It's why we do what we do. You know, we, we take our lives and our future and our circumstances into our own hands. And so use that, use that to enhance what is already happening around you mundanely. And, and you will, you will see differences. Um, often you will see differences. Not, <clears throat> not all the time, you know, it's, it's not, again, it's not Harry Potter, but it's not going to be the miracle cure. And I mean, that, that's a message, you know, that I give to everybody, but I think most specifically to, and I say this just because of the experiences of the people that I have personally interacted with who are spoonies new to witchcraft and are assuming and thinking that it's going to, um, that it's going to just erase things. And it's not, it can be a, powerful supportive thing in your life that know that it's not going to eliminate what's going on exactly dude mm -hmm. do we have anything else 
I don't think so. Nope. Sorry for being tardy. <laughs> Whatever. It happens. Ugh. So, well then, with that, thank you everybody for tuning in. Don't forget to like and subscribe. And thank you once again for Miss Charisma for yeah. joining us. That was incredibly awesome to have you. So thank you for inviting you can, me. I feel special. And we will give a link to her um, Instagram and her amino community for crafters. So that way, if you want to join Crafters in, within the craft, not just crafters. Crafters within the craft. Thank you. <laughs> yes. Crafters within the craft. Uh, but otherwise, we will see you on the next video. Bye. 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 Don't forget to check out our website at www.bitchywitchies.com. And that's Bitchy Witchies spelled B-I-T-C-H-Y-W-I-T-C-H-Y-S.com. Hey guys, don't forget to follow us on all our social media platforms. Go to Facebook backslash Bitchy Witchies podcast. And don't forget the I is number one in Bitchies. And head to Instagram for Instagram backslash official BW podcast to keep up to date on every new episode on our YouTube and on Anchor. Check the description. All of our links will be available in our description for you to access easily. Oh!